Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Time to look at the afternoon. Time to think about food. <laughs> We've been into the head. We've talked about health. It's the afternoon now, so it's eat it. And uh, I'm so happy to be here. And I'm looking across at Dr. Shane, looking around at another successful show and saying, yes, you were all great. And they were. But he's good. So very good. So very good. Kent Goldsworthy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where did you pop up from? Well, apparently your uh, your more regular offsider is uh, cycling 100 kilometres today. He's done it. He's done it. Yeah, done he's and done it. He's at a tailwind all the way. He's a very happy boy. 100 kilometres. 100 kilometres. He did this voluntarily, I hear. <laughs> yeah, no coercion at all. <laughs> it's incredible. No, yeah, no, no. no one no one had threatened his, his pets or anything like that. Who'd have thunk it? All right, right, 100 kilometres or the cat gets it. No, you did it, didn't you, Matt? He's, he's probably not listening. He's gone out to lunch probably. But uh, you're here at the radio. What are you doing? What are you doing on this awesome day? Mm. You could be doing anything. It'd be a great mm. day for a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Great day for a picnic. Mm-hmm. Great day to have a family meal outside. Um, go to the beach. Beer garden? Yeah. <laughs> we might be doing that after the show, actually. Maybe. Maybe. It could be good. But uh, whatever you're doing, if you're driving around, if you're uh, uh, enjoying your Sunday, thank you for bringing us aboard to uh, to elucidate and, um, well, hopefully make your Sundays a little bit better. We've got... Um, 
Oh, it's a little bit of a melancholy duty that we start off with, uh, I'm sorry to say. But um, someone that needs to be recognised. And uh, we're going to be first off the rank, we're going to talk to that legendary journalist, Rosalind Grundy, recently made a legend by the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. God bless you for that. Um, but we speak of the early and untimely demise of Kevin Donovan, um, part of what was and seemingly was just this unbreakable, incredible unit that what was Gail and Kevin, and it was like Gail and Kevin Donovan, and they had a iconic restaurant. Sorry, I'm going to cliche. They had a great restaurant down on Jacker Boulevard in St Kilda. It was, the, uh, it was an old bathing pavilion, then mm. it was Jean-Jacques by the sea. And uh, Donovan's took over that, I think it was about 26 years ago, but Rosalind will have all the facts and figures. And uh, five weeks, five bloody weeks after um, selling the restaurant, um, Kevin died. And, um, oh, God damn, I'm getting all emotional mm. already. I heard the news on, on Wednesday, someone told me while I was out, and it was weird. I just uh, broke into tears because of uh, the unfairness, it seemed, of the whole thing, in that uh, uh, they, as I said, just sold the restaurant and Gail and Kevin should have really enjoyed a marvellous, beautiful, gustatorial, debauched time together because they loved to eat out and they were so much fun together. And uh, anyway, we're going to... we're gonna, Roz is going to help us uh, with that and then we'll be... Uh, and then on to brighter and sunnier things. Um, sunshine at the market, talking to John. He's in a good mood. He's just come back from two weeks of holidays. He, oh. he wasn't grumpy at all. Looking forward to hearing not from that, John. Not that John not ever the, gets grumpy. John, no. No. No, no. No, no, not that John. Not that John. Must be a different John. Mm. Uh, and then uh, we are going to be going delving underground to the subterranean depths where... The great tubers grow. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? I've got an idea. Parsnips. Yeah, and carrots. No, no, no. We're talking about what John Reader, who wrote a book on this subject, described as the propitious esculent. The what? What? The propitious esculent. Hmm. Uh, look it up in your fucking <laughs> wagnall. Um, that being the potato. We've got to one half of the Spud sisters coming in. Can't wait to see her. Uh, she's driving in here at the moment. We've got Catherine who's uh, one part of Catherine and Kerry, who carries, I think, is um, overseas at the moment. But will we be waxing on about waxy potatoes? Yeah, I see yeah. what you did there. <laughs> You're proud of yourself, aren't you? I, know, yeah. I, I get amused by small things. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Um, now, there was a couple of things I wanted to um, mention. I was speaking to Danny Vallant. The redoubtable, the incredible Danny Vallant. Um, and uh, she's actually today at something that could be quite interesting for some, almost, the Indonesian Food Festival. Get, get your nasi on. Get your nasi on. Get your limak. Get your tempeh going. Get your tempeh. Yeah. Kep, your kepak manis. All that stuff. Um, <laughs> you got it, man. You got another one? Um, Kapi lima. No, that's the weird coffee. Rendang? It? Yeah, yeah, rendang. On. Get your rendang on. Uh, the festival in Indonesia is at Argyle Square. Mm-hmm. I'll repeat that: Argyle Square in Carlton. Um, it's a pretty small sort of thing, but there's all day food. So if you're feeling like some of those food stuffs that we did mention before, um, they'll be there. And I think 
Danny's doing some demos, although they might be over by the afternoon. But uh, there's uh, Michael from PBK Noodles uh, from Clayton will be there, as well as a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and also just something that might particularly fancy, Mavita Aqui is doing special Saturday functions where they're doing sort of a, is it a Pinchos sort of festival? It's all these little things. Um, but I saw pictures of them and, and like Frank does pretty good food, Frank Camorra of Movita. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Movita Aqui is the one in Burke Street on the western side of the city. Um, Saturdays uh, are happening there, I think, for the next couple. So that's... I'm not quite sure how much it is, and I'm sorry. Ow, there we go. I just slapped myself for not having that info. But have a look at it, because the food looks really, really good. And um, I don't know about you, I really like a Saturday lunch. Saturday lunch in particular, do you? Well, it's just one of those things, because for a lot of people, Saturday is about running around and getting this and doing mm. that and doing that. But if you can just give in to the fact of just enjoying... You know, Saturday lunch when everyone's running around madly, yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a nice feeling, I think. So in the same way, people say Sunday brunch. You're going Saturday lunch. Yeah, well, I can't do Saturday. You know, I can't do Sunday brunch. No, it's kind of impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So don't invite me to a Sunday brunch, folks. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Just put that omelette to the side. Put really. the omelette to the side. <laughs> I'll come back to it. I'll have a bloody mary maybe in the afternoon yeah, when we when we come and see you. Triple R. On the phone, in a superb transmission zone, I'm hoping, is Rosalind Grundy. A very, very good afternoon to you, Rosalind. Good afternoon to you. It's um, it's cliched, but it's a it's a bit of a melancholy duty that we are performing here, is it not? Uh, it is a absolutely heart wrenching. Um, heart wrenching is so right. Yes, it's it's a very sad time to just be reflecting on the life and times of Kevin Donovan from and, Donovan's Restaurant in St Kilda. And fate too, isn't it? Fate can be an extraordinary thing. Um, I was saying to uh, just before uh, I was out. I was at a. This lovely function of Prosecco tasting, everything was going great, you know, and da da da. And then someone said, Have you heard the news? And I said, Well, what? And he said, Well, Kevin, Kevin Donovan passed on. And I immediately just broke into tears, mainly because it was just seemed so unfair. So utterly unfair. Oh. They only sold their restaurant on October the 31st. They were looking forward to a little time together because Kevin had been so unwell for several years. And yeah. they, um, you know, I was really hoping that they would have quite some time to spend together because I, I without exaggeration, don't think I have met two people more utterly in love than yeah. those two. And, and yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and as, as someone that you describe as a unit, you know, two people become one. It's yeah. Kevin and girl. Because yeah, that's, exactly. that's how you used to be, be described as something. It's, it's Kevin and girl. So um, shall we maybe just a, a little bit of background on Kevin, just for those that might not have known who he is and where he came from? Yes, for those who came in late. Yes, um, yes. He, he was a man who, an American restaurateur who um, really came through that ho- hotel training, which really mm. equips people extremely well in hospitality, but it also he brought his own 
um, love of life and love of hospitality to that business. So he, he grew up in Connecticut. He... Um, he worked for the Hyatt um, hotel chain, which is, you know, they set a very high standard. And he was sent out to Australia for the opening of a new Hyatt here, and as the food and beverage manager, and was was hiring. And uh, that was when he met Gail, when he interviewed her for a um, role, and the two of them. Almost, it sounds like, fell madly in love on the spot. Well, she seemed to be, girls seemed to be quite smitten with the man and, and apparently quite famously said to one of her friends... I met the man I'm going to marry today. Yeah, like, I'm going to marry that bloke. <laughs> Which is more the way Gail would say, I'm going to marry that bloke. And yeah. she did. So, yes, and um, they, they worked... I remember them from their Hyatt days and they were just very extremely... Um, hard working, but had a warmth about them, and that's that really stood them in good stead when they then went on to manage a, a restaurant in in South Yarra, Shinwa, which was very chic back in the day. And it was very trailblazing in that. Oh goodness me! They had um, it was sort of a little bit French, but it also had. Asian influences. I know. Oh. Really, probably one of the pioneering oh. modern modern Australian restaurants, if you yeah. think about it. It was. And then, um, and then they took over what had been a bathing pavilion in um, St Kilda. I remember when they took it over. It had been Jean Jacques by the Sea, mm. and they renamed it the Pavilion, which it was for maybe two or three years. I can't quite remember how many years. But then they, they did. They, I remember how excited Gail was when she was describing the makeover of the restaurant. Mm. How she said it was going to be homely and it would change seasonally. They'd bring in and out new furnishings each season, so that in autumn it would have <laughs> autumn colours, and in yeah. winter it would be cosy, and then in summer it would be brighter with sort of blues and yellows and that sort of thing. And making use of that um, beautiful beach view that they have right on that. Um, for sure, and I'd say they were pioneering, but I don't think anyone's followed their lead on that approach. But um, what in it, changing um, changing the room so um, yeah. seasonally? Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. I don't think anyone else has ever done that. I've never heard of it before. Or seen, I don't know but... anyone has the strength to do it. To be honest, it was such an incredible undertaking, and there was also um, the sale. Gail would get rid of all the um, furnishings that she'd have, so there were incredible sales. But Kevin was such a force on the floor. I mean, he was just, he, he personified hospitality, didn't he? he? He really did. I mean, that in a position like that, you could be excused for being all about the money, but it never mm. felt like that there. It always felt like it was all about making people happy, bringing joy to people's lives, bringing, um, making everybody almost feel part of their family. And, that, and the people who have worked at Donovan's for a long time refer to themselves as family. It did yeah. feel like a family place. Yeah. The staff felt like family. People, they've had an incredible number of um, great people who trained there under Kevin who really said that he treated them like family and was very, um, you know, really set a, a high standard for what he wanted but wasn't, uh, wasn't awful about it. That's one thing that I recall, just to, to add on to what you're saying, Rosalind, is that 
people came to work for this couple and they stayed. I mean, yeah. in, a, in a time of uh, transit, uh, transitory staff and people wandering off and they, they hung around. And tell me if I'm right, was it Robert? Castellani, is that the right yeah. word? Yeah. Oh, God, thank God I got that right. Um, I, and I remember some dishes of his that were just incredible. Like the first time I ever had real authentic Italian-style lasagna, which is not like the Skippy style, which is, you know, so much stuff, and a dinner with Antonio Carluccio. Uh, oh, right. Which was just, a, that's one of the, the great, the the greatest memory of Donovan's that I had and being uh, in the in the presence of of him and uh, but uh, to take nothing away from Kevin he was the best and I'm so sad to see him gone yes well I mean just want to add one thing about the the food yes he said that he wanted the menu to be really what people wanted to eat and not a tribute to the chef's ego so as much as Robert, who I really rate as a chef, I thought he was an excellent chef and an excellent yes. man, um, yes. he he also included on the menu things that Gail and Kevin wanted, um, that you know, Bomb Alaska and things like that that were <laughs> just famous for this. Yes. delightful things that people wanted to eat yeah. um, and not not perhaps what Robert might have, um, you know, given his brothers might have wanted to cook. Yeah. But obviously he did so happily and, and people love them and those things are still on the menu. Yeah. If um, uh, I can add one thing about uh, just the uh, their ability to go so deep into this, the H word, the hospitality thing, mm. one thing that it was actually Kevin that said to me when I um, was speaking to him one day was he said, look, you know, it's it's great. You can do the greeting and look after the people and that, but the most important thing you have to do is you have to be there right until the end. And the thing that they will remember the most is how you treat them as you leave. And you must always personally say goodbye to your guests because that is the mark of doing the successful completion of an evening. And it shouldn't be, it's an absolutely important thing. Oh, I, I would 100% agree with that. And he he was very um, generous. I mean, generous is something that a lot of people say in regard to Kevin in, in so many regards, but he was also generous with his hospitality knowledge and sharing that with his team and also other people in the industry. The two of them really put a lot into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't just his own business, but it was they were involved in all kinds of industry events and so on. And yeah, yes, and we'll that, miss him. We'll miss him. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Vale, um, it, and just or Vale even a Vale and Vale and 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 a bloody good on you because yeah. you were a bloody star. And also the thing that we didn't actually mention is he was very naughty as well. And that's what made him. Was <laughs> he? I did not see that side of him. Oh, I, I've. He's told me a few stories and things, especially oh, of his university no. days, which I can't mention here on air. But uh, that's what made him such a rounded and a great fellow. 
Yeah. Here's yeah. to you. All right, anyway. Um, Roz, thank you so much for taking the time to do it. And, um, and also, can I acknowledge your, because well, I don't think we've done it yet, is uh, your legendary status that you've been given. So, And uh, I think it's... Uh, um, so, so not, what am I trying to say? Earned and it's you are a legend. Oh, thank you very much. You. It was the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival yes. uh, Hall of Fame. Is a, I'm so honoured to be there, and thank you very much for acknowledging it, Cam. Thoroughly deserved was the words I was trying to get. Not much of a wordsmith sometimes. My last name might be Smith, but the words sometimes escape me. Love you, Roslyn. You're the All best. Right. See you. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. Hi, John. G'day, how are you? Don't give up your day job. Uh, that, that was beautiful. I was going on vaudeville. It, it, was des- it, it was deserving because the sun's out. Oh. It's glorious. And we're in it. And, and you're all rested after living the life of, uh, of Riley, whoever he was. But uh, you've had a bit of time off. I had two weeks off. It was beautiful. I feel human again. Yes, look at you. Uh, we don't look uh, ragged. Uh, we feel lively. Our brains are working again. Yes. We've come back and the produce is spectacular. Oh, the produce is... I was walking in this morning and I couldn't help but think it looks even better than normal. I think so. That little bit of warmth that we had last month a little bit um, of rain. A little bit of rain. A lot of rain. Oh, yeah. Uh, has warmed yeah. a lot of things up and have said, let's get on with it. Yeah. And let's look let's look our best. <laughs> and, Definitely. Uh, and things are. I mean, it is just incredible. Um, before we go on, I just want to have an idea of... Uh, you would have spent... A, did you get to Phillip Island, see your friends? Yes, I did. We went down to Coronella. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful down there. My... My friend's got a two-storey house with five bedrooms, and but we didn't stay the night, which is tragic. Mm. So we went out to a winery, an Italian winery, served Italian food. Gee. Then we went back to his place and uh, sat in their backyard drinking coffee, and it was glorious. It was a, it was a beautiful thing. And um, food highlights since you've been away? I, the first thing I asked you was because of the season, and one of the things you really need to ask an Italian is, have you had pasta fagioli yet? Yes, last night we had um, charcoal chicken and chips, but the boss had already cooked um, uh, pasta and beans, so yeah. I had to have a half a bowl of pasta and beans, yep. and then had my chicken and chips, and then I had all the other trimmings that she'd cooked as well, mm. um, you know, baked potato, baked pumpkin and peas and you know God, no, six million other things. So it was another feast last night. Wow. On our time off, we had uh, two magic barbecues and... Um, cooked up a whole lot of other stuff as well every oh, other day. you're looking so happy and content. Hey, tell me, what um, what pasta shape should you use with pasta fagioli? Well, traditionally where my parents come from, they, they make uh, tagliarelli, which is uh, a very long shoelace pasta. Right. Now, my my mum's sister, she's 97, yeah. and she's promised me she's going to make them like she used to when she was young. Whoa. Now, her pasta is a metre long. Whoa. And when you eat, you twirl and twirl and twirl and twirl. And And when I came home, I could tell whether my mum made it or she made it. My mum makes it only about 30 centimetres long. Half a twirl. Half a twirl. (laughs) Um, But 
if you can't make your own pasta, mm. we use little tubes or the ditali, which is ditali? a little tube that the bean just mm. sits inside the tube. Oh, and go. if you don't like it sitting inside the tube, you use a smaller one. Yeah. But there are no rules. You can use elbows, um, whatever you like. I love the way Italian says there's no rules until you start putting parmesan on your <laughs> marinara. <laughs> then there's rules. Uh, yeah, then there are. I, I, got, I got to be right. Um, you know, because I, I sometimes eat pasta with fish and, mm. and they say, yeah, yeah. Or, or even with prawns. Oh, you don't put cheese. I like cheese. Mind, oh. your, mind your own business. You drive your own plate. I'm driving mine. Whoa, here we go. You heard it first. What time is it? I'm going to remember this moment. It was a little bit after 10 on a Sunday in yeah. springtime. But we use pecorino, which is I know. I not as astringent as, as other cheese. As, as soon as I said parmesan, I know. See, another. I'd made a mistake because of the area you come from, but... Huh. All right, show and tell. We've got it, a big show and tell. Oh, have we got ever? My God. All right, let's just get this out of the way. We're, I'm always talking about artichokes. I always say that this is... Don't hit me with that. I could die. Uh, <laughs> this could be the biggest artichoke I've seen in Australia. It is bigger than the biggest grapefruit you can think of. It's getting close to the size of a... centimetres. Getting close to the size of a coconut. Yeah, bigger. 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 Far out. I nearly swore. Look at the size of the stem. Oh, my God. Yeah. This stem is probably uh, two centimetres or more across. Mm. It's got a lot of white flesh in the middle, so you peel it back and cook the stem as well. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you'll get just as much meat out of the stem as the heart. Mm. Um, these are not as hard as they look. Um, got the heart on it, must be amazing. Yeah. I, I've seen videos of them in Italy. Um, yeah. In the field, they actually have a big knife and they cut all the outside leaves off, cut it across the top, cut the bottom off and all you've got is a very thick disc of about five centimetres. Wow. They throw it into the bucket of water and straight to the market. Yep. And as soon as they land there's people lining up, they take them home, put them straight in the pot. Oh yeah, hello. You can't ask for better or fresher than that. No. The girls are happy because it's less work. Mm. The farmer gets a little bit more because he's done more work. Yep. And everyone has a feed. Everybody's happy with that one. Well, that's going to go home. Uh, one, a couple of these are going to go home with my favourite dish that you taught me, which is start with a salad onion, put in some potato, put some artichoke hearts in there, some beans, a little bit of broad olive beans, oil on the top. Beans. Broad beans. Sorry, broad beans. Which, sorry, I didn't say that, did I? Um, and, um, did we say potato? Uh, yes, I think I did. Oh, good, good. And uh, cook that up for about 20 minutes until it all goes nice and grey. Yeah. Did you hear me say that? Yeah, yeah. Go nice and grey. Yeah, that's the best bit. Thank you. And you know what also I found was really, really good? A little bit of uh, basil leaves. Fresh yeah. basil. But isn't it strange? We, we do something wintry, which is grey, mm. in the spring. Because it just is the best. Anyway, look, moving on from other tricks here. Oh, how much are these? Are these ex- they're, they're $3 each, but they're well mm. worth the money. That's well People worth People have money. been buying four or five, yeah. so... You know, when you see the quality and the size price, it's not an issue. Yeah. And we've got baby ones the size of an egg, too. Wow. OK, uh, the other thing that we have to talk about... Oh. I'm going to give you a hard time now. What's this? Oh, it's a, it's a bunch of uh, continental parsley. The... No, it's the world's nature's antacid. Oh, wow, OK, yes. <laughs> and also breath freshener, <laughs> yeah. if you want yeah. to go there. Yeah, it's, yeah, we'll it's go. It's parsley. Um, but not as we know it. it. This is a beautiful, vibrant, dark green... Uh, leaf parsley. Yeah. Uh, the seeds originally came from Europe. Um, it's very, very nice, sweet, beautiful, and make a tabbouleh, 
or, or even more. chuck through your salad. It yeah, is sweet. Yeah, it is, it is. It's There's sweet. a little bit of sweetness and then sort of the parsley bitterness, herbaceousness comes in. Yeah. But there is a little bit of sweetness That's there. That's right. Um, and this is the ideal growing yeah. conditions for it because it's the bunches are big, it's prolific. Yeah. Uh, this is not a, a very, very large leaf. There's another variety of large leaf, nearly like celery, but this is the best one. Yum. Um, so, you know, it's good for you as well as being tasty. Very so good. that's what we say about a lot of vegetables, don't mm. we? Yeah, the uh, parsley's are, uh, are just a beauty. Um, we've got asparagus that's, uh, uh, this, I'm guessing, this is the first of the kui rub. No, no, I, no I, um, okay. the Kuirup have just started. Mm. This is still out of Mildura, believe Mildura. it or not. They are sending millions of them down to Melbourne. Right. Millions, and we've been selling them, no worries. Mm. Now, these have got a little bit of an open uh, head, uh, but there are some tighter ones because it's been a little bit windy up there as well as wet. Um, but the asparagus are jumping out of the ground. It's been windy up there for a while, hasn't it? It's been windy. I believe they've been sending shiploads overseas as well. What did you say? Shiploads. Oh, shiploads. Sorry, I just thought I'd check that. I didn't and, want and to it is put the shiploads. Shiploads. There's absolute shiploads at the market today, John. Uh, you've got um, a, uh, a very, very tight... Um, is this a butter lettuce? I forget. What this is this? a green oak. Green oak, yeah. I brought this yes, out because tight. we're standing in the sun and I felt summery. Yeah. So I thought we'd talk about the lettuce, which we never talk about, really. Um, I sell three varieties of uh, fancy lettuce. I stopped selling iceberg because not just the price, but quality was no good. Mm. But these, unfortunately, are growing hydro. I had some field growing the other day, mm. but they're huge. They're, they're bigger than a uh, cantaloupe, you know, in size, in width, and, and very leafy, beautiful green tender leaves. I brought a mignonette as well. The mignonette's a little bit softer, this variety. Um, I brought that Sometimes, one. actually, oh, sorry, yeah, they call this one a red butter rather than a mignonette. And we've got butter lettuce as well. Can and I they, say yes. that a, a mignonette to me, with the um, the two tones of it, it's sort of this, um, sort of almost going to purple. Purple, what is it, purple brown? Anyway, and green. It's just a little bit of a work of art of nature, I think. I think so. And, and it's, it's got a so green beautiful. heart. Yeah. I love this lettuce because it's nice and soft. Yeah. Uh, my mum hates it. A lot of people really? don't like the soft one. There's only, like... Can I say, there is only one lettuce I hate, and that's coral lettuce, which is sort of sharp and jaggedy. And when you eat it, it tastes sharp and jaggedy. Yeah, because it is a much harder lettuce. Yeah. That's nice if you... Um, just lightly boil it. Braise it. Yeah, yeah braise yeah. it. Kill it. Bit of olive oil. Uh, if not, you don't even go there. No, that'd be all right. Yeah, okay. Bit of, yeah, okay. Do like pretend it's like a rape type almost thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and a, a lot of people do that because they can't tolerate lettuce. Mm. So if they um, boil it, and even the northern Italians, they boil their iceberg. Yeah. And they dress it as a salad, and they can eat it like that. Do you know? Once when I was working at the Intercontinental Hotel in Sydney, there was a guy. His name was um, oh, I think. Louis, something Louis. He was from Singapore. Singapore yeah. chef. He made a lettuce soup, mm. and it yeah. was it, oh, works. it was it unbelievable. Works. It was a really, really beautiful fresh chicken stock, really light. And then he put all this chiffonade of iceberg lettuce, blitzed it all up, added an egg liaison to it. Oh. So he, and then just brought it up. Actually, he brought it up to. He got the egg liaison first, so it was in that beautiful. It had that feel. Blitzed it. And then to this huge pot, he put like a half, a little tiny bit of perno, tiniest bit, 
and it was just the just most beautiful flavour. Oh, it was good. Tomato City is the name of your place. Yeah, and shall we? Said, I was feeling summery, so and mm. we haven't talked about the tomatoes for a while. I've only brought out four varieties. We got about twenty on the stand today. Yeah. We've got the normal cherry tomatoes, but I've been told from all the customers that missed me for two weeks that they bought cherry tomatoes around the market, didn't have the colour, didn't have the texture or flavour. It was weeping so, and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's happy we're back to normal. Yeah. So these lovely cherry tomatoes. And then... On brush, yeah. They're, they're a, a harder skin, strong flavour, high acid, but you remember when you eat it. And you've got a, a bigger um, uh, cherry tomato on branch. We call these mini truss. Uh, they're a, a softer skin, juicier tomato, more sugar. Don't stay firm as long as the other ones. These, you buy them, put them on a platter. If they get too red, you make a quick sauce with them. Yeah. Um, or just put an egg through them and they're beautiful. A little bit of olive oil, blister them in the oil. oven. Is yeah. good too. And then we've got the Roma, which a lot of people have forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to be called egg tomatoes or plum tomatoes. Um, a lot of people still use them to make um, quiches and um, pies as well. Tarts is the right word, sorry. Yeah, nice. And then we've got our normal Murray Bridge tomato. Um, kills the rest for flavour, texture, aroma, everything. And here we are, and that's and that's saying that going into the growing season of tomatoes, and that's pretty damn good. Um, all right, pick of the market. Pick of the market. You bought a bunch of spring onions. Look how vibrant they are. Oh, yeah. These came out of Victoria. Considering it's still been very wet, um, they're pristine. They've got a beautiful bright green stem, very nice white bottom, very vibrant um, root system on the bottom, which means they're straight out of the ground. Oh, right, OK. That's and then, to look for. You yeah, know, right. we've got a distant cousin here. We've started with a local garlic. Yeah, That's Oy. my pick of the market. Yeah, OK. All right. They've got the long stem, although oh. they're a little bit darker on the stem at the back. There's yeah. still plenty of life in it. The yeah. inside you can either use in a salad or in a, a stock or a, a frittata. Or, yeah. and, and then enjoy the garlic. Um, they're not very big. First sort of season, you can't complain too much. Um, these little ones are a little bit dear, three for six bucks, but they're worth it. Mm. When you eat this, you don't smell for days and days. And you and you and you love it because they're so easy to peel. Um, anything fruit-wise that's coming in? I think I saw um, not in here, but I think I saw a Kensington Pride mango. Yeah, we had the first one last night. Yeah, a little bit Way. tart, but Jesus, it was beautiful. Yeah. There's a lot of seconds around the market. You can pick them up. Mm. Anything from um, you know five, six dollars each down to two fifty each for a very ripe one. Mm. You can wait or you can jump in and, and shock the uh, taste buds. Whatever you like to do. Up to you, folks. Well, um, that's about it. John's back. He's rested. He's looking good. The market is just looking spectacular today. Wow. Um, I'd say come on down. Definitely come on down. I was looking before. Um, you know, we've got some baby galas the size of an egg, and they're gorgeous. Mm. Um, a little bit too small for me, but, you know, they're buying them. Uh, across the road, it's got about 10 varieties of apples and about 10 different varieties of citrus, um, you know, uh, amongst bananas and um, other, other tropical fruits as well. Mm. Um, there's a lot of green mangoes around. Saw those. 
Yeah, Robert's cross. got the sour ones yep. and the sweet ones. Each one does a different job, mm. and you've got to know what to do. But once you've learned what to do with them, especially the sour ones, um, you can make a salad with them, but you've got to know how to cut them up. It's not that hard. Mm. So, you know, Google it or talk to someone's grandmother, even someone's Vietnamese grandmother, whatever. Yeah, there'll be a YouTube tutorial yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. So get out and try it, because it's amazing how you can lift a different dish. Mm. Uh, and that's what we're all about, trying something new, trying something old, and everyone's happy. Love it. Back to the studio. Triple R on FM, digital, online, via the app. Yeah, going off like a prawn in the sun. No, that's not a good analogy at all. For a food thing at all. That Ken's going, Martin, no, it's not, Cam. Uh, but the great news is... Um, we have part of the Spud Sisters crew in. Catherine, it's so good to see you. Thank you for having me again, Cam. Lovely oh. to see you too. And look, thank you for. Um, you took. Um, you had to do some special things and some moving around to, to get in here and join. I just want to acknowledge that. Um, because that you had to make some phone calls to get in here uh, to move away from. I think, did you say you had three markets on this weekend? Yes, today we do. Goodness um, me. Um, I, was, I started up at Bond Beach today yes. and as another sister helped out and she came and, and took over from me. Yes. Um, we've got Peter at Mulgrave and Ryan, uh, mm. Kerry's oldest son, he's at Williamstown today. Goodness me, it's like all points of the compass. These <laughs> these potatoes, these potatoes do get around. And what what are we? Can we thank Peru for? Absolutely, we can thank all them those, for for this all those beautiful. years ago. Absolutely, and in the world over, there's over uh, well over a thousand varieties, um, which. Obviously, in Peru, there's oodles of, yeah. of beautiful varieties. Uh, oodles um, and oodles in history has taught us that we should not rely on a monoculture of potatoes, shall, should we? That's exactly the, the right. The Irish example is a very, very good idea. The I think it was the lumper potato, which uh, brought the whole country undone. Mm. But uh, the great thing is that you have come from... For those that came in late, we uh, had both of you in and we were talking about how you come from... Uh, some of the beautiful lands around Ballarat that grows potatoes. Well, where's, whereabouts is the family farm? Yeah, so we have some land out in Millbrook, which is yes. near Gordon. Yes. So um, beautiful, beautiful, rich soil. soil, beautiful, rich soil. That you can gorgeous. grow root hairs off a match. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> what they say. All in and around there is that yeah. beautiful volcanic rich soil. Yeah. So... And uh, and uh, for again those that came late, um, the whole area was um, around there uh, historically were were price takers and and dealt with pretty much a, a I don't want to generalise but a single type of uh, potato for McCain's mm-hmm. and you guys have said no we're going to have diversity and all sorts of different potatoes and you do and uh, <laughs> you've been selling them so well offline and I. Uh, online, sorry, and in markets, and you've made such a presence for yourself, and it was delightful to meet you the first time, and it's great to have you on again, and you've brought, first of all, you've brought some show and tell, but first, 
before we go anywhere, we have to acknowledge that uh, um, the other part of what makes the Spud Sisters is away at the moment. And where is she? <laughs> well, the lucky thing is in yeah, Italy the lucky, at the, the moment. Lucky thing. <laughs> <laughs> so she's uh, swanning around in Italy. So. Swanning around. <laughs> okay, yes, that says it all. Uh, she's, uh, she's been to Croatia. Yes. And uh, yesterday they arrived in Italy. So Yeah, when I spoke Tuscany. to you. When I spoke to you last, she was in Dubrovnik, and I went, "Really?" Yes. And you went, "Yeah, I know, <laughs> How I know." Terrible. <laughs> but but she's uh, she's been doing some research when she she claims. <laughs> No, she's collecting recipes relentlessly, isn't she? Is, she? Yes, yeah. and, and she's tasting the main potato dishes of each country she's in. Has she in. sent much back? Has there been many dispatches from the front, the potato front, shall yes, we say? Yes, indeed, and uh, we'll be sharing all of that with our um, uh, people that follow Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, Lisa, who looks after all of that, will when Kerry gets back, will be sharing all of those lovely photos. Well, and actually, Lisa's recipes. filming at the moment, so there's going to be videos coming up very, very soon. If, you, if you're good, you should be able to get that up within, hey, five uh, minutes, two well, minutes. Wow, look at you. Uh, well, two minutes or was that hours? <laughs> soon. So uh, what's the Instagram handle just so we know? Spud Sisters? Spud Sisters Official. Official, not the uh, not the the hackers from, from the, the the Russian hackers going spot potato. Not those ones. Not, not those potato because we've got lots of different types. We um, do. Let's talk. Um, we've got oh, it's still ten minutes. Awesome. We are in spring. What do spuds do? Where where in the in the life of a potato? Um, is there one time when you plant everything or is it all through the year? What, what's happening under the ground with, uh, in regard to this, this fabulous tuber? So um, there's two seasons mm-hmm. of, for potatoes yep. here in Victoria and the first being autumn-winter yep. and that runs through till September, October. Mm-hmm. So we're at the end of, of that, that season. Yeah. And the summer season doesn't begin here in Victoria until... December. Yep. So, um, is that when they're pulling are, stuff out of the ground? When you say a season, that's season, when we're so, harvesting. Correct. So, yes. at, at the moment, um, they're planting in mm-hmm. certain areas. Yeah. Um, and in, how do you grow a potato? Do you, do you do you stick a potato seed in the in the ground? Yeah, yeah but put a seed potato yes. in the ground. So, but not a of, seed. So, well, well, all potatoes are a seed. Yes. Effectively, and that's why they shoot. Yes, they will start to shoot, and at the end of the season, where we are now, potatoes will start to shoot. And what that means is, uh, it's not bad for the potato; it's just drawing moisture out of the potato. Mm-hmm. So, some people actually like older potatoes. Um, people who make gnocchi, well, you know, so that, it yes. doesn't it. They don't have to add as much flour if yes. the potato is drier. Yes. Ah, oh, dry. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so we're planting in um, Gippsland. Um, the Joneses have just put in their seed. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereabouts in Gippsland? Um, well, that's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> I like it when I ask <laughs> I, that. I have the good been ones. there. Yes. I have been there. So I. How many hours did you drive? 
Uh, from here, not too too bad. Okay, it's, must be uh, must be West Gippsland or South, because I know if you're going to go to Bairnsdale, yes, uh, yeah, that's, no, that's no, not in Bairnsdale. That's three and a half. That's yes. a big drive. Yeah, yeah from okay. here was about an hour. Oh, that's Melbourne. lovely land around there. Oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful yes. farming, beautiful yes. farming land. Yeah. Um, so and also down on the peninsula, they're putting in seed as well. So mm. come December. Uh, we will have new season potatoes here in Victoria. All right. So in the meantime, mm. they're to fill in the gap between now, pretty much now through until our new season comes out, we have to get potatoes from um, Queensland or New South Wales. They start their new season now. Yes. So it's just to fill in the gap. So about six weeks gap and then uh, early December to mid-December mm. um, our new season here in Victoria starts coming out. So, and, uh, and what sort of varieties can we look forward to seeing? Yeah, so... There's um, so many, isn't there? Well, there are, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, but in December we'll start to see uh, Sebago mm-hmm. mostly. So uh, around this time to the end of season, people or... or Potatoes can change. They start to go a little bit sugary. Yes. Um, um, particularly if they're coming out of cool storage, that the cool, particularly floury potatoes, they don't like cool storage. You and shouldn't. Can, that's and that's probably the first real bit of advice we can give. You don't put potatoes in the fridge, do no, you? No, you don't. No. It, it kind of takes their flavour, and yeah. particularly floury potatoes, they don't like. It, it can compromise their. Their sugars and yes. their starches, yes. and what can happen is the potato will start to brown off too quickly when they're frying. Mm-hmm. So the outside of the potato sort of oh. goes brown, but the inside of the potato hasn't cooked. So that's something's happening to all those those starches there. That's exactly right. Yeah. So um, at this time, and so a lot of restaurants have troubles with their potatoes. So at this time, we actually pick up a few extra. Customers, because a lot of restaurants do have trouble because of that reason. And and the great thing is the Spud Sisters are here to help. That's right. And so, what would you say if so a restaurateur is is ringing you with a with a cry of anguish of going, "Help me, <laughs> Spud Sisters, come to my rescue!" Because <laughs> my potatoes they're not good. What would you do? And what would you say? So we're here to help. Just breathe, and we'll be there soon. With yes, oh, at the moment we would give them an Eva for Friday. Eva. Uh, Eva, E-V-A. Yes. So very similar to a sabago. Yes. Um, So fries really beautifully. Flowery or... Flowery, um, yes. yes. Yeah, the frying potatoes are your starchy, flowery, fluffy potatoes. Yes. So Eva is the go-to, so very similar to sabago. So um, we'll have them for another few weeks and then we, we will be getting sabago through. Wow, and um, you've you've brought in a bit of um, a mix here of um, potatoes that you've got here, and they're they're quite different. Um, do you want to maybe describe some of the ones that you brought in? Obviously, these are the ones that are eating well and are good. Yes, good. absolutely. So we've got um, a mine twilight. So that actually has just arrived on our shores. It's a Tasmanian potato. Oh wow! It's like a kiffler meets a, a, a pink eye. It's a fingerling. They, yeah, a fingerling. They call that a fingerling yes. potato. About the, the length of my index finger. 
That's right. And it's got lovely little pink spots on it. It does, and and it has this beautiful, intense yellow flesh. Yes. So similar, similar to an Andean sunrise. Mm. Not quite, but but similar. Mm. Um, but our restaurants, what they are doing with them at the moment is frying them. Yes. And also roasting them. Lovely. They're, yeah, are really. So so, uh, the Andean sunrise, a beautiful potato. It's, that's it's a nice dense potato, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's it good. is. It's oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, it's very yellow inside. Yes, it's a beautiful... Just holding it up to the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> so um, like the Andean sunrise, they've got a beautiful deep yellow flesh. Yeah, not so, too wet either. Yeah. By the, by the looks of it. So um, that's around. So a fingerling type potato. A fingerling. So a kipfler. Yes. A kipfler yes. is a fingerling potato as yes. well. And that was the first one we saw of that variety, wasn't it? It when, was. When it came in, just a few years now. And if anything, I, I thought the, the kifler can go a little bit, bit dry, can go a bit dry. That, it can. Yeah. It's, a, it's a waxy potato, so yeah. I think it needs to be parboiled. I think with most potatoes, to get the best out of potato, you need to parboil them. Great. 12.57 here at 3 RFM. I've got uh, part of the Spud Sisters crew here, Catherine Kerry's away, compiling recipes madly. Um, in the time that we've got left, have you got any um, advice for getting a really beautiful, crispy, roasted potato? Yes. Um, I think you definitely have to parboil it. Yeah, they be alluded to yeah. that before. So, yeah. so, um, do you I, peel or not peel before you parboil it? Some people don't. Well, what's, where do you sit well, on this? Well, I, I do. Yeah? I do. But, so do I, yeah. And, um, and then it's so, a matter so of drying them off them. nicely afterwards. Yes. How long are you parboiling for? I think bring them to the boil mm. and then... From cold? Uh, from cold. Yep. Bring them to the boil. Are we salting the water? A salt in the water. Yes. And then bring them down to a gentle boil, but I would say eight minutes. A eight fair minutes. bit, don't you? You've yeah. got to get in there, you know. You know the, the heat's got to penetrate. Yes, it absolutely does. And then what do we do? And then... Um, then drain them off and then shake them up, mm. rough up their edges. Ooh. Yeah, so the, the oil yeah. can go into the crevices. We need those little them... fizzes. <laughs> That's exactly yes, right. Yes, <laughs> because where those little oil comes in, the crispiness comes out. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And also what the potato we were talking about before, the mine twilight, they make beautiful smashies. Oh. So, um, so a similar, a similar, uh, you know, Parboil it yep. until it's soft, mm. then uh, drain them off and then smash them. Give it a little bit of a whack. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you smack them down so all those fissures are formed in the, in the smashing. Yes, exactly. Mm. And then put them into a hot oven with some seasoning. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, um, we're going to have to get you and your sister back in here and find out those recipes. In the meantime, we can go to your Instagram page, Spud Sisters. Official. Official. That's right. I was going to say original. You are original and you are official. Can I thank you for coming in? And um, I'm sorry we didn't get to all the potatoes that you did, but time flies. Time flies, yeah. Thank you for having me again, Cam. Oh, it's It's a pleasure. pleasure. Well, ditto. (laughs) Kent, it's a pleasure to see you. Thank you, Cam. We're off to uh, have a little bite, I think, after this, which will be fun. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, again, Vale, Kevin, and uh, thank you, John. Thank you again for coming in. It's been great. Uh, Crystal, you. Crystal, I can't.
Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.